Hello, welcome to the Campus Bible Study Podcast. Join us each week as we hear from God's Word, as we seek to prayerfully proclaim the crucified Christ as Lord of all. Uh, Welcome. Uh, It's been an exciting start to term. Uh, My name is Grace. I am a second year trainee Uh, serving the engineering faculty and I'm joined by Tim, one of our campus pastors. Um, Have there been any highlights that you wanted to share, Tim, um, uh, in the start of term? Yeah, Grace, it's great to be with you for some Q&A and for another podcast. It has been a really encouraging start of the term. There's lots of students around on campus. It's feeling busier. We're having to wait for students to leave lecture theatres, which (laughs) hasn't happened in the last few years. And so there's a real buzz. I particularly enjoyed seeing the opportunity to meet many new first years in O-Week and then having mm-hmm. them come along in week one and uh, joining our Bible studies and our Bible talks. So there's a real buzz on campus and it's really exciting. Uh, is there any new students you've met or stories you'd like to share from the last week? Yeah, um, it's been so encouraging uh, meeting lots of first years uh, across Welcome Day, which is something that we have for first years, as well as uh, Bible studies. Meeting first year Eng girls um, is so exciting. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been a great start. We've jumped into a new series at the Bible Talks in John. Yes. Uh, we've also been doing it in Bible study. We're encouraging people to read John with the first year students as they come in. Mm. Uh, what have you appreciated from John chapter one? Yeah, it's such a great introduction. Um, there's lots uh, in it about uh, the word and who Jesus is. And I remember going in Bible study, um, getting girls to think about um, the Word as the flesh and the Word as God. That's been really cool. It's nice to see a few questions coming through as well. Uh, If you are listening along on the podcast, you can also send your questions into campusbiblestate.org slash tbt. Uh, We've got a few questions this week. Where do you want to start off today? Yeah, um, well, we'll start off with this one, um, particularly looking at uh, verse 18 um, of John chapter 1. Um, The question says, no one has ever seen God. Uh, Does this still apply post-incarnation? What about those who have seen Jesus in the flesh? Yeah, it's a great question. Thanks, Simon, for that. Uh, If I read out verse 18 of chapter 1, no one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. And so there seems to be this global statement about the fact that God is unseeable. It reminds me of Moses, uh, when back in Exodus 34, God comes to see him. No one can see my face and live. There's a real otherness to God. But something significant seems to change as God becomes flesh and walks among us to make God known. Thoughts about whether it changes with the incarnation? Yeah, um, it kind of points me to John 14 um, in kind of Philip's conversation with Jesus. Um, and uh, Philip is asking, show us the Father. And Jesus in verse 9 of chapter 14 um, basically says, have I been with you so long and you, you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Uh, and so a short answer to that question, yes, seeing Jesus is seeing the Father. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? That, uh, it feels like there's so much to God that uh, is still beyond our full comprehension now. Uh, we look forward as... 1 Corinthians 13 talks about that day when we will see face to face. But in Jesus, God comes face to face with us. And so there is a very real sense that 
it does change with the incarnation. So it's a, a great pickup, Simon. Mm. Uh, and I think John 14, when we get there in the second half of the term, <laughs> we might be able to explore that a little more. Yes. Um, the next question that we have um, is from James. Um, and he asks, uh, can you flesh out more the idea that John the Baptist didn't realize he was Elijah? Uh, he seems to pretty explicitly deny this reality with some level of confidence. How do we hold this with other numerous claims that he does this role? Yeah, thanks, James. It is a really good question. And I like the idea that you're fleshing it out. That's what chapter one of John is all about. When God fleshes things out for us. It is interesting. I suggested in the talk that John, uh, John the Baptist wasn't aware of his identity as Elijah. Uh, I took us to Luke chapter 1 where the angel of God announced before John's birth that he would be the fulfillment of this promise uh, to come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Uh, that's something that Zechariah was clearly aware of. Uh, and so it seems that perhaps Zechariah didn't communicate this to John. Mm. He didn't seem self-aware of the role that he came to play. Um, and perhaps uh, others at the time also weren't aware. So both in Matthew 11 and Matthew 17, Jesus uh, connects the Elijah prophecies to John the Baptist. Mm. And so maybe if I read a few verses from Matthew 17, it's just after the transfiguration, the disciples are coming down the mountain with Jesus. And Jesus says to them, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Mm. The disciples asked him, then why do the scribes say that first Elijah must come? Jesus answered, Elijah does come and he will restore all things but I tell you that Elijah has already come and they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. Mm. So even Jesus' disciples seem to have not realized that John the Baptist was Elijah uh, in fulfilling that promise, that prophecy. So I think the picture is John came to do this, but the crowd didn't seem to see he was Elijah. The disciples didn't. John didn't know himself. <laughs> But it seemed to be told quite clearly and explicitly that Zachariah and Jesus knew that. Mm. Uh, and so we can understand that too. So hopefully help, that helps, James. But it's a good question uh, <laughs> to keep on working on how we trust the, the clarity and the authority of Scripture. Great. Um, which one should we go to next? Um, lots of good questions. Lots of good questions. At the end of the chapter, we didn't touch on it in the talk. What do you think it means when in verse 51... Uh, in response to Nathaniel, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the <laughs> Son of Man. What do you think that's talking about? Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, well, it references Genesis 28. Um, and the vision that Jacob saw. Um, yeah, if we flick back there, it's an interesting reference. Um, in, I think the context Jacob has just uh, stolen the birthright of his brother Esau. Uh, he's running away. Mm. Uh, it's probably a time of fear and uncertainty for Jacob. Uh, and as he falls asleep, he has this dream. And uh, maybe if we pick it up um, from uh, verse 10 of chapter 28. Do you want to read a few verses, maybe to the end of the chapter? Yeah, yeah. Um, verse 10 says, uh, Jacob left Bathsheba uh, and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, there was a ladder set up on the, on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. 
And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. That's probably a, a place where we can pause. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fascinating story, isn't it? Um, mm. Not the dream that you'd expect. Maybe it was the, the hard pillow that he had. <laughs> but God seems to be affirming to him that even though uh, maybe he thinks he's messed up, uh, he's running away from the family, fearing for his life. Mm. God affirms that the promise that he made to Abraham uh, through Isaac and through Jacob will continue and that God will bring about that he will be this great nation. Jacob's conclusion as he wakes up, surely the Lord is in this place. How awesome of it. This is none other than the house of God. Mm. Uh, I wonder if perhaps as Jesus makes reference to this in applying it to himself, Maybe you might be picking up on both of those themes. Uh, we looked at in the talk that this seems to be a fresh start, a new beginning. Uh, maybe this could be a reference that the promises to Abraham are being fulfilled through Jesus. Uh, this is the, the people of God who are being gathered in this time uh, as descendants, well, by faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. But maybe it's also a reference to the fact that in Jesus, this is where God comes to meet with His people. This is no, no other than the house of God uh, and the Lord Jesus Christ, which may even point us forward to chapter 2, uh, where we see Jesus saying, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up again. Not talking about the, the stone building, mm. but talking about His body. It's the place where you can meet God. Thanks. That was really helpful. And hopefully that was helpful to the person who asked the question. Um, I think that's it. Um, thanks, Tim, for um, uh, going through some of those questions and, and answering them. Um, what can we do uh, to prepare for next week? What's coming up next week? What can we expect? Yeah, it's a good segue out of thinking about the temple. <laughs> John 2 and 3 is what we're going to be looking at at the Bible Talks next week. So it'd be great to have a read through those chapters. Uh, we experience some of the first signs that Jesus does. Signs are significant through John's Gospel. It'd be worth considering as you read chapters 2 and 3. What is the purpose of these signs? What are they pointing to? Uh, what's the significance? What's the right response? Uh, and we'll pick that up a bit more in the Bible talk next week. But thanks for joining us. There are many more questions we could explore. Uh, it'd be great to be thinking and wrestling together about them. Uh, but as we finish up today, Grace, do you want to lead us in prayer? Sure. Um, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we thank you for your word. Um, thank you that... Um, yeah, the word came to earth and became flesh and dwelt among us so that we can see the Father and we can know him um, and be given light uh, in grace and truth. Um, we thank you for all of these things. Um, in your son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Campus Bible Study Podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed on your regular podcasting app. And why don't you check us out on Facebook, YouTube, or visit our website at campusbiblestudy.org.